All right, so, so last week, you know, I, uh, I reminded everybody, we're entering into the holiday season. And with one of those things, we touched on the fact that it's an incredible, incredibly difficult season for so many. And so over the next couple weeks, so last week we started, this week, and then next week, I wanted to deal with some of that. I wanted to help prepare and equip each of us um, to deal with uh, depression, to deal with hardship, to deal with maybe family situations that aren't ideal, um, so that you can... Um, enjoy the holiday season a little better because I've been in, in bad places and bad times during this. I know what a weight it can be. I know um, actually earlier today, I saw a post on Facebook and it was this, I hate the holidays. And that sentiment right there is a sentiment that so many people share and, and so many people don't speak it out loud, but it's just what we feel inside of us. And, and even if things are going great relationally and you're in a good place, I know the financial strain can be a burden, right? And you feel the weight of that lifted upon your shoulders and it, it sucks the joy out of the situation. And so last week we talked about um, defeating a troubled heart. So the series is called Entering His Gates, like entering the presence of God. And we talked about defeating a troubled heart. How do we combat against that depression? How do we combat against those lies and begin to fight back and, and to take ground um, that, that was maybe robbed from us or maybe we've given up? Well, this week I wanna talk about developing a grateful heart. I want to talk about um, developing that attitude of gratitude, begin to move from the place we are at now and begin to take steps towards what God has for us in that respect. And so our key passage um, for last week, this week and next is Psalms 100 verses one through five. And it starts with this. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And so as, as this is being laid out to us, I want you to notice that there, there wasn't any circumstances put on it, right? It didn't say, if everything's going your way, shout for joy. If everything's perfect and you're, you're flush with money in your bank account, the kids are well-behaved, you know, all of those things, then, then praise God. Now, there's no conditions put on it. That, that as this, this psalm is written, it just says, shout with joy to the Lord. All the earth, all the earth. Those going through hard seasons, those who don't have what they maybe want to have or feel they deserve or anything, it, it's all the earth, shout for joy. He continues, and verse four, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, that's not saying go in the presence of God with a big old 20 pound turkey. No, it's, it's this attitude inside of us, this, this mindset of, of gratefulness, of, of gratitude, enter his gates. And entering his gates is to enter his presence. You know, I know my, my yard is fenced, right? And if you enter my backyard, that's a personal space, right? That, that, that's, there's, something, there's something intimate about that. If I find you back there and you're not supposed to be there, it's not gonna be good for you, right? But I mean, cause that's what it is, right? That, that's, that's mine. And so when we talk about entering his gates, that's going in, into God's presence. That's talking about something intimate and something personal. And, and when we go to God, it's, it's with this attitude, with this mindset, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. You know, oftentimes the courtyard of this time would have been the center of the house, so, so you talk about entering the courts of God. It's the house is built around the courtyard. And so you, you've gone through the dwelling. You're in the middle. You're in the middle of it all. Go into his courtyard with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 
It continues in verse five, and it says, for the Lord is good. Say good. good. The Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. Say forever. forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. And Moses is the one that, that's kind of credited with writing this. And, and so as he writes this, there's, there's no conditions. It, it's, if we're gonna have that intimate relationship with God, which is what we're called to as Christians, right? That's what it's about. It's not about religion. It's about relationship, which is personal in nature. And so as we go into his presence, it's with this attitude of gratitude, with this thankful heart, right? As we, as we go to him, not conditional on our circumstances, but just in recognition of who he is. And as I was preparing this week, I don't know how I missed it last week, but if Moses wrote this, Moses wrote this in the desert because Moses, everything he wrote happened in a 40-year window, right? Every bit of, of scripture he wrote. And so as I was thinking about that, that means that, that Moses was in Egypt. He, he murdered the guy, right? And he went and he went out on his own and, and then God called him back to have the people freed. And, and God told him, you're gonna lead these people to the promised land. And, and God used Moses in miraculous ways. And then they stepped out into the wilderness. There in the wilderness, God spoke to Moses, gave him the law, right? And, and, and all of these things, but Moses would have wrote that in this season, which is interesting because that means Moses hadn't received what God had promised yet, right? I mean, he's, he's in the wilderness. He's with people who are ungrateful, continuously rebelling against God. And he knows where he was supposed to be headed and what was supposed to take place, but it hadn't happened yet. He had every opportunity and every reason to be discouraged, to lose sight of what God said he would do, promised he would do. But in the middle of the wilderness, at some point, Moses wrote this, shout for joy to the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, for the Lord is good. All the time his unfailing love endures forever. In the middle of what would be classified as hardship, what would be a hard place. I don't know about you, but, but I've felt that God had things for me before and I wanted them now. And when I didn't get them now, this is not the Psalm that I'm singing, right? I'm, I'm cursing God and I get angry. I have a hard time. Moses journeyed for 40 years. And again, we don't know when he wrote this exactly, but it's evident he didn't receive God's promise because he never did. Moses never even had the opportunity to receive all that God had for him. He died in the wilderness, but this here was his attitude, this attitude of gratitude. He hadn't seen the fulfillment of God's promise, but his attitude of thankfulness was present. And a grateful heart, it guards us from discouragement and disappointment. That's one of the reasons it's so important to develop that in our lives. It's, it's not in response to what we have, it's in response to what God's done. And when we have that, that attitude of gratitude, that, that grateful heart, and we enter his gates with praise, and this is the way we approach that relationship, it does guard us from discouragement. It guards us from disappointment. It, it guards us from lies of the enemy, and it keeps us from being knocked off our feet or, or losing our footing or, or any of those things. It helps us to remain focused. And Moses, he, he remained focused so much so that even though he never received what God had for him, that it had to wait till the next generation, Moses didn't lose this attitude. He didn't lose his grateful heart. He didn't lose his relationship with God. He maintained his race faithfully to the end because this was how he entered the presence of the Lord. And so gratitude, 
is an attitude of grace and gratefulness. It's something we show in response to receiving something we haven't earned. I don't know about you, but my life is marked with things I don't deserve and I haven't earned. Sometimes it's marked with hardships. And sometimes I let those hardships cause me to lose sight of what God's done. But, but gratitude's remaining focused on the goodness of God in the middle of storms, in the middle of disappointments, because he's done something for each of us. And we need to recognize that so that we can remain focused. And so again, gratitude, it's an attitude of grace and gratefulness. It's a response to a gift. And each one of us who would call ourselves Jesus followers, Christians, or anything of the such, has received a gift, a great gift. And, and no storm, no discouragement, nothing should take that away from us, what God's done in each of our lives. And so it takes time, though, to develop this gratitude. Um, it's something, again, I mean, I struggle in it from time to time. This last year was one of the hardest years I've ever had. As, as a follower of Jesus, there were so many things that, that caused me to be discouraged, that, that the enemy was trying to use to cause me to lose sight. And I really had to put into practice this year. I don't know about you, but, but personally, I had to, to really struggle and try to remain grateful throughout this year. But, but it does take time to develop. It, it's, it's a work that, that comes through maturity, and I'm not always as mature as I need to be, but thankfully I'm more mature than I used to be. And, and, and again, it's, it's over time we develop this. We work at it. We cultivate it. As I was thinking about that, I was reminded of 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3. And it says this, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you've had um, a taste of the Lord's kindness. That again, it's a process like, like children, I mean, I think about my children. I had to teach them to be grateful, right? If you have kids, you know, they get a gift and you, you kind of elbow them or flick their ear and say, say thank you, say thank you, right? And, and eventually they get it and they recognize that. Are they inherently grateful? I don't know, my kids aren't. If your kids are, I'd love to know what you've done. But, but I mean, that's something that we've had to cultivate in them. And, and sometimes I feel that God's had to do that with me, right? That I begin to complain about my situation, about my circumstances, about what's going on. And it's like the Holy Spirit just wafts me on the back of the head. And say thank you. He's been so good to you. What's wrong with you? But over time, it's cultivated and we put it into practice and we grow it. And so we need to develop a grateful heart. And so that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. And so as we get started, how do we develop a grateful heart? Point number one is this. We have to learn to look beyond our circumstances to God's presence. Look beyond our circumstances to God's presence. It's, it's, easy, it's easy to make where you're at the point of everything, right? And, and what you're going through. Again, I, I know I've been through difficult things in my life and, and they became the primary focus of everything, right? This last year was a great example of that for me personally. There was nothing even detrimental that happened to my life. I just... I just struggled so much. And sometimes we go through those seasons and sometimes seasons are great. Um, I wrote this down. Um, I know for me personally, there've been many times in my life that have been good, so good that I lost sight of God's presence. Anybody in here ever done that? And I think the thing that happens is as things are good, we, we don't feel like we depend on him anymore, right? We're not thinking. 
that if things are kind of bad, I'm praying again and I'm seeking him. But if they're so good, then, then I lose sight of how much I need him and how much I needed him to get to where I'm at. And so we need to look beyond our circumstances, even in the good times, to God's presence. But there have been other times so difficult that I lost my need for God. And, and that doesn't maybe make sense to you, but it's, it's where I, I arrived at a place that was so hard, I didn't think God could do anything to change it. So I stopped praying and I stopped seeking. And I convinced myself, this is just it. I'm just gonna roll over and die. There's nothing that's gonna change the hand that I'm dealt. And this is the end. And so however... We, we chalk it up or whatever season you're in, it can be easy to lose sight of how much we should depend on him in every circumstance, in every area of our life. If, if things are going good, praise God that he's been so good to you. You still need him. You still need him just like you need breath in your body. And if things are hard, they can never be so hard. God can't change what's going on. God can move in every situation every set of circumstances. But if we're gonna develop a grateful heart, if we're gonna develop a grateful heart, again, we need to look beyond our circumstances to God's presence. I wanna share with you another Psalm. This is a Psalm of David um, and it's Psalms 139. It's one of my favorite Psalms. Um, I encourage you to read through the whole thing. There's, there's so, so many encouraging things in here, but we're gonna start at the beginning of it um, this evening. Psalms 139 verses one through six is where we're gonna start. And it says this, "'O Lord, you have examined my heart "'and you know everything about me. "'You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to understand, too great for me to understand. And so um, David here is just speaking to this truth that, that wherever he's at, the Lord is there. Whatever's going on, the Lord is there. And he knows whether he stands or sit, his heart, his thoughts. And so it's just this awareness of, of God's intentionality with us. And, and that's what I want you to draw from that first part, that, that God's intentional. I think sometimes we forget how intentional. He didn't create us and just leave us. Right? He loves us. He wants to journey with us. He, he knows you. Later on in this same psalm, it talks about how the, the hairs on your head are numbered. I mean, what, what a beautiful thing to think about and incredibly weird too. But, um, <laughs> but that's, that's how much he cares for you, right? I don't know when, when my children were born, you know, I would just, I would just hold them and stroke their hair and look at their face and their expressions and everything about them. Every wrinkle, every little bit of peach fuzz on their face, right? And there's a love there that if you're a parent that you know, you've done that with your child. And so that's kind of what this is, right? Everything that your baby did, you know, look, they burped. I mean, you're calling everybody in there. Was that dad? Was that mom? what they say, right? And it's just everything, everything. And we want to be so close. And, and that's what I think David's recognizing here. And then he goes on. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. And so we lose sight sometimes in our circumstances of how much we need God. But we need to keep this truth in our heart that, that no matter what, 
no matter how indifferent we become, that, that God's always there. How, how beautiful is that? And that should help, again, develop that grateful heart. That, that we have a creator that loves us, that we have a God that's not indifferent. We have a God that, that sent his son to die so that we can be saved and forgiven. And, and it's just such a beautiful thing. And I was thinking of David's story. David's awareness was so significant. I mean, when you look at, he had this awareness when he was a shepherd, right? A lowly shepherd in the middle of, of nothing. David had an awareness of God. And then as he was taken from that situation, and, and triumphed over Goliath, David had an awareness of God's presence. Most extremes there. David was a man after God's own heart because no matter what he was going through, he recognized the presence of God. When he was anointed king, right? He, he came and, and he received this anointing. You're gonna be the next king of Israel. What a high moment. David recognized God. And when he was hiding in caves, running from Saul, David recognized the presence of God. And he wrote beautiful psalms of grace and thanksgiving and, and the love of God in the cave, in the hiding, because he didn't lose sight. His circumstances didn't skew the view that he had of a creator God that loved him and that was intentional about who he was and who he was created to be. David, um, when he triumphed as a ruler, Right, David had so many victorious battles, expanded the kingdom of Israel in such a significant way. He didn't lose sight of God. And in his failure, when he was guilty of idolatry and murdered somebody at that lowest moment, such a low moment, he still repented and turned back to God because he was aware of God's presence beyond his circumstances. The Psalm continues though in verse um, eight and says, if I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. He continues, he says, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. David's trick, if you would, for being that man after God's own heart was seeing God in, in every aspect of his life, depending on him, recognizing his intentionality and, and continuing to pursue his presence. And so wherever you're at tonight, develop that, that heart of gratitude by recognizing God's presence in your life. See him in the goodness, depend on him no matter what season you're in, especially in the difficult ones. Allow him to move, but know that he's there. Nothing can hide you from him. And this next part, I love it. It says, and you've, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. He goes from recognizing the presence of God, and then he goes to this, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day had passed. Have you thought about that? in your season of life. 
as you're coming into the holidays, it's so easy to be overwhelmed. It's so easy to lose sight of who God is and, and who he wants to be in your life. But recognize that before there was anything, before there was a single bill that needed to be paid, before there was a single scraped knee, recognize as David did, in total utter darkness of your mother's womb, God was so intentional with you, his presence was there. His presence was there. Before heartache, before disappointment, before discouragement, before any of it, his presence was there. And each day since, his presence was there. And each day, up until you received salvation, he was there. He journeyed. He was calling on you until you responded and said, God, I'll be yours. His presence was there. Through every bad decision, through every bad moment, his presence was there. And guess what? When there's nothing else left, <laughs> when there's nothing else here, his presence will be here. And so we need to learn to look beyond our circumstances in, in this holiday season, in every season of life and, and allow God to develop that, that gratitude in us, just recognizing what a beautiful thing his presence is there. He knows you, he loves you, he's journeyed with you and will continue to journey with you. And so again, developing a grateful heart requires that we look beyond our circumstances to God's presence. Next, point number two, learn how to be content in your circumstances. Learn to be content in your circumstances. Ingratitude elevates desire for creation over the desire for the creator. That means that that ungratefulness that I have, that I struggle with personally, it always for me, revolves around stuff. That, that I forsake God, creator, for creation. And, and I forsake God's presence, right? It's like me personally. I just, like I'm turning my back on God and saying, you're not enough to fulfill me right there. I need, I need something. I need a bigger TV. I need a bigger house. I need a nicer truck, right? That, that, that ingratitude says, God, what, what you've given me what you've done for me in this moment, in this season is not enough. You are not enough, God. And we begin to turn to things of this world to fulfill us, right? We have, we have a God-sized hole and we try to cram as much crap from Amazon in it as we can for fulfillment, right? We try to fit so many bad relationships in there that, that that's gonna be the thing, this thing that God created, right? Because we're creations too, and we try to shove them in there. And we have this attitude of ingratitude because we've, we've forsaken God for his creation. We've turned our backs on him for, for things, for people. And the thing that we need to recognize is that God fulfills us. And we should be grateful for his presence, right? Look beyond our circumstance. Know that he's there. And learn to be content in every circumstance because in every circumstance... God's there, right? His presence is there. And remember, a grateful heart guards us from discouragement and disappointment. A grateful heart, again, guards us from discouragement and disappointment. Gratitude, it's elusive because we're so easily tricked into thinking that that stuff can make everything better. And I, I'm one of the worst at this. I like things. 
I do. I like things. I like to buy things. I'm a compulsive shopper. Like, I get it. I get it, right? And, and I've been unhealthy in other ways, but every time I look for fulfillment there, it's fleeting. It, it never satisfies me. No, no amount of, of things can do what God can do. No amount of relationships with other people can, can fulfill me like God can fulfill me. And, and gratitude is, is continuously growing. Ungratitude is continuously growing in our lives if we fail to see this. And so gratitude requires making more of the good we have than the good we don't. That I get, you may not live in the nicest house. I don't either. You may not drive the nicest car. I don't either. And I get this, I may have more than you. You may have more than me, but those things are, that's not the point, right? We need to make more of what we have. We have God's love. We have God's presence. And it sounds cliche, but it's true. It's true that we need to be content with where we're at, with what God's given us. If we want to develop that heart of gratitude. And so I want to share with you from Philippians. Um, Philippians was a letter the Apostle Paul wrote. um, And the significant thing I want you to hear first is Paul wrote this while he was in a Roman prison. And so and he'd been in there for a while. Like we think this was towards his end in time. I mean, time here. So like probably close to two years, he'd been sitting in a Roman prison. Now, I've never been to prison. I've been to county jail more times than I care to admit. And it's not a fun place, right? It's, a Roman prison is infinitely worse than anything we can imagine here in America. So to every one of my friends that have been incarcerated or in county jail, think something much worse. To everyone out there who's, you know, watched Prison Break or something like that, just think of something worse than that. And here Paul said, I mean, just think poor, poor food, rotting food, right? rats, chains, abuse, like they beat them. Like there's no human rights here. And this is where Paul's at. And, and this is what he writes. He writes, I can't stand God. I I gave my heart to him, my life to him, and he's forsaken me. No, right? To heck with all the other apostles. They never liked me anyways. No, Paul, Paul writes this. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I've learned The secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That doesn't sound like a man who's discouraged. That's a man who looks beyond his circumstances and is grateful for whatever God's done and whatever season God's done it and however God's moved. I mean... Paul's in this moment, in this season of life, is still focused on the mission, still focused on the plan, the purpose behind his life. He hasn't lost sight of anything, and he's content. I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine being where he's at and even writing that I've learned to be content with whatever I've had. He had nothing in this moment. You know, when, when my bills are paid and there's money in our account, it is real easy for me to be grateful. It is, right? In, in that good season, it's so easy for me to tell others how grateful they should be 
when, when I'm taken care of and, and when I have all that I need. Paul's talking about contentness when he has nothing. And in his mind, this could be the last days of his life. He doesn't know what the future holds. But in this moment, in this season, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. Gratitude requires moving our eyes from the things that we don't have to the things that we do. I mean, Paul had a, a calling. Paul had a purpose. Paul had a savior. And, and nothing, no Roman prison could take away what, what Jesus had done in his life. No, no beating, no flogging could, could rob him of the presence of God. And again, I get, it's so cliche to think everything will be great. God's with you. But everything will be great. God's with you. God loves you. And we have to look beyond our circumstances. We gotta be content with where we're at because God does love you. God does care for you. God's moving through your life and in your situation, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult. And so gratitude celebrates blessings received. As long as we're consumed with blessings we haven't received, we'll never possess it. That one, of my, one of my greatest things that I endeavor to do, and sometimes I fail miserably, when things are hard, I just think back, man, thank God I'm not a drug addict anymore. I thank God that, that he saved me, that he freed me from addiction. And I try to focus on that. You know, I just thank, thank goodness for, for, the, for the children he's gave me, for the home, for the community. And, and I just begin to focus on, on what I've already received, which is infinitely more than I haven't received. And it causes us to, to remain focused on, on his presence. It reminds us he was there. He was there. He was there. He's here. He's here. He's here. And it helps us to see. It helps us to guard from that discouragement and to guard from that disappointment. But if you're always looking to what's next, you'll miss what you have. And rather than developing a grateful heart, you'll find yourself drowning in, in gratitude and suffering through every season of life. And so again, gratitude celebrates blessings received. As long as we're consumed with blessings we haven't received, we'll never possess it. Lastly, this one's big. It's difficult. It's complex. Um, it's profound. But it's paramount if you want a grateful heart through the season. You guys ready for it? Pray for a grateful heart. Right? How many of you in those seasons of discouragement take time and say, God, make me grateful in this season? My hand wouldn't go up. If I'm being honest with you, the difficult seasons of my life, I lose sight of this. And I lose sight of, of how much he cares that, that when, I, when I pray and when I ask and when I seek things that align with his will, God is faithful to provide them. And, and the one thing that will change everything, I miss more often than not. And so as we're trying to develop that, that grateful heart in this holiday season, we need to learn to pray for a grateful heart. As we close, I wanna share with you out of 1 John, um, starting in 5, 13, 
And it says this, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you will know you have eternal life. So I put that in there because that says this is written to anyone who would call themselves a Christian. So if you're in here and they're like, I have a relationship with Jesus, this is to you. This is for you. This is to all who believe in the name of the Son of God. And it continues, it says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. I'm gonna stop right there. Again, that goes back to recognizing God's presence, his intentionality, that we can have a confidence that he hears us. God hears you whenever you ask for anything that pleases him. That God's there in that moment, in that prayer. He continues, and since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know he will give us what we ask for. I'm not saying God's a genie. I'm not saying if you're praying for that brand new truck, you know, you're gonna wake up to it. But if you pray for something that pleases him. God's called us to have a grateful heart. We know that that's his will, that it lines up with his desire. And so if that's something that God wants you to have, wants me to have, we can be confident that he hears us when we request it. God, give me an attitude of gratitude. God, God, help me to be thankful. Lord, grow a grateful heart inside of me. We can be confident but that's a request he'll honor. He'll recognize that's something that you can receive. But it requires that we pray, that we ask, that we seek. And in that moment, God will begin to develop that in us. Again, it's got to be cultivated. It comes over time. But as you guys are, are leaving, as you're burdened with the holiday, you're struggling I encourage you, spend time in prayer. Spend time seeking God and asking God to develop and to grow a heart of gratitude. I want us to do this real quick. It's a little different, but I want us to take just a moment, just a moment right there where you're at in this room and just be aware of God's presence and just thank him. Thank him for a handful of things that he's given you, especially if you're in a season of struggle, especially if things are hard. Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you that, that you're, you're here, that you're present, Lord, that, that you're intentional with us. God, that, that before anything, you journeyed with us, you saw us. God, we thank you that, that our circumstances, Lord, that you're not indifferent to them. Lord, that our pain, that our struggle, God, that's not lost on you. And we come before you tonight, Father, in this season of life, each and every one of us, Lord, and we call upon your name. Lord, we ask for gratitude to be developed in our lives, in our hearts. Lord, that you would begin to deal with that discouragement. God, that you would 
Help us to defeat the troubled heart and to cultivate thankfulness as we come before you in your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple things as we recap tonight. Point number one was this. Look beyond your circumstances to God's presence. Look beyond your circumstances to God's presence. In the highs, in the lows, again, don't lose sight of who he is and how much he loves you. Number two, learn to be content in your circumstances. Life isn't always going to go the way you want it to go. (laughs) There's going to be times where it's difficult, where it's hard. That might be right now for you, but we have to learn to look beyond that and and know and recognize that none of that robs the blessing of God from our lives. None of that changes what he's done for us. And number three, pray for a grateful heart. Every time, every season, begin to seek him and pursue him and ask him for a heart of gratitude. Everything we talked about tonight, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. Because if gratitude is a response to a gift we don't deserve, then what greater gift to receive than that of salvation, right? Than than calling on the name of Jesus and allowing him to redeem us, to, to justify us, to make us right. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never done that, you've never received the greatest gift, I wanna encourage you that here at the end of service, we're gonna have um, some men and women down front that would love to pray with you and for you so that you can receive salvation tonight. And that's realizing that you can't save yourself, believing that, that Jesus can, that he died, that he sacrificed himself for you and then making him Lord. And so if that's you, again, we wanna encourage you after service here to come down front and to receive that tonight. Number two, maybe you've done that before. Maybe you've gotten off track. Maybe through life's hardships and struggles, you ran from God. And you realize tonight in this moment that you need to come back, that you need to seek his presence again. And you wanna recommit. Again, we wanna pray with you and for you for that. So same offer at the As we close, we'll have some people down here that would love to pray with you and for you and lead you back home. And then maybe just through the night, God's been dealing with you, just been dinging you. And there's something in your life that you know you need to let go of, that it's been, it's just brought before you in such a way that you need to deal with it. I wanna encourage you to grab one of our white chips and there's nothing special about these. They're, they're, they're not magical or anything. It's a piece of plastic. But I believe that God does something when we act in faith. And so as we close, if that's you, I want to encourage you to step out of your seat in faith and come down here to grab one of these chips and say, God, I'm giving this over to you. And I, I truly believe God will help you to deal with that. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you're in here tonight and you just want somebody to journey with you. We want We want to do that. We want to be those people. And so for any of those things tonight, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a chip, or just to receive prayer, we we want to encourage you to step out of your seats and to come down front. And if everybody would, if you would stand to your feet as we close in worship.